Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. And we got some news today in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt signs a four-year, $48 million contract extension. Uh, the news broke, I want to say, around 9 o'clock Eastern. It was super, super early in the morning. I was uh, at work. Um, and so I appreciate y'all for bearing with me with the background. Still filling in for uh trevor lane still out on vacation he should be back here in the next couple of days but gonna welcome you all in here from youtube facebook and twitter welcome in and we're gonna take your questions and comments and ultimately dive into the jer vanderbilt extension and what this means long term for the lakers potentially and if this maybe tells us what the lakers might be thinking about the roster and how how they feel about this roster heading into next season even but uh a quick Please, a quick reminder, do subscribe right here to the Lakers Asia YouTube channel and make sure you guys are ringing that post notification bell so that when, if something weird happens and we get an impromptu live stream like this, you guys are the first to know and you don't miss any of the our latest content and coverage as it revolves around the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to have a fun time here tonight. Um, and I apologize about my voice as well. Uh, I kind of lost it while coaching like a few hours ago. Tried to take a nap and see if I could get it back. And that was honestly the delay on the show. I was hoping I could get my voice back. Um, let's see. Tam. <laughs> Tam says, that was a long 15 minutes. I really thought Sean fell asleep again. Um, No. I, okay, maybe it was a little bit longer than 15 minutes. But we made it in. Appreciate you for hopping on. Uh, let's see, man. I think I see a lot of people are, are, are happy about the deal, including our guy, Alex from the super chat, who says, let's go in all caps. So hyped about Vando being extended. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it. Let's see if spot track has the numbers on his, uh, contract extension already, but I don't really understand why people, why there's some people saying that it's a overpay personally. Um, because I'm going to pull this up right now. <laughs> this is a bargain. I mean, I want to say it was myself and Scorpio sky, maybe like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, two weeks or so ago, we're talking about the Vando contract. We were like, eh, okay. If it's like 14 to $16 million, we feel good about that. Right. Because a little bit more than veteran minimum. I mean, excuse me, a little bit more than the, uh, taxpayer, uh, not the taxpayer, the full mid-level exception, excuse me. And the Lakers are able to get him for four years, 48, which AV, you're looking at $12 million. The deal doesn't start this year. Uh, the, the new money kicks in next year. So Vando shoots 38% from corner three this year. That is, you know, not on the, the $12 million contract. That's on this $4 million contract contract or so this year uh 4.6 uh to be completely exact with the potential to get that up to around a little bit closer it's like 4.7 uh 4.698 the exact number if he hits all of his incentives but you look at the contract extension so next year age 25 season he's only going to get 10 million dollars 10.7 million dollars that is less than the full mid-level exception uh, the following year, $11.5 million. The next year, $12.4 million. That's the last 
year under contract without a player option. Then he does have that player option for a little over $13 million. But, I mean, <laughs> Vando at $12 million, like that's not even going to be the four-mil level exception likely that year because the if you can continue to project the league uh, cap to, to rise, then, yeah, this, this is only going to be a phenomenal contract for Jared Vanderbilt. And I, I am so, so, so – and, again, I don't understand how you can say this is a overpay. And I'll get to some uh, questions and comments in just a sec, but let, let, let's be completely pessimistic, right? Let's be completely pessimistic about Jared Vanderbilt and uh, Jared Vanderbilt and his long-term outlook as a Laker, right? Let's be completely pessimistic. First off, worse come worse. You got a really, really good, dare I say, elite isolation defender, right? Which is an incredibly valuable asset in the, to have in the NBA right now. You got Jared Vanderbilt next year at 10.7, Gabe Vincent at 11, Austin Reeves at almost $13 million, Rui Hachimura at $17 million, and D'Lo at $18.6 million to the player option. That's if he picks that up. That is so many tradable salaries that you can package those up. And I don't know, let's just do Bando, Gabe, and Rui. That is, what, 11, 21? That's $38 million in salary that you can combine. And maybe you go get a, a third star. If you want to go down that route, you go get a third star and you can, um, you know, go from there. And because you have the tradable salaries. Um, so th- this is a home run deal in every which way. One, I think it's going to outperform it. And two, even if he doesn't, it's just another salary that you can stack up to where you can get a third star. And. I mean, maybe maybe D'Lo picks this option up, and you can go D'Lo at eighteen ish, Gabe eleven, so you're a lot closer to like thirty. And then all in all, this is like forty million dollars if you count in like just math, and you know it's more than the eighteen and more than ten, etc. That's forty million dollars in salary that you can uh, go use to get something. So I'm super super excited. Super, super excited about that. Trade for Luca. <laughs> um, hi, Sean. This comment here. Hi, Sean. Lakers signed Vando long-term along with Ruby, Reeves, AD, Gabe. Seems stacked up to LeBron's years been done. Uh, multiple championships coming along. Let's go, Lakers. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think the Lakers have positioned themselves nicely to where post-LeBron, you can – use this salary to go get another star. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like a Trey Young or like a Jason Tatum, um, who, I mean, Trey Young definitely been kind of linked to the Lakers. And I, I personally kind of like the fit of Trey and AD post LeBron. I don't love the fit right now, but, you know, you stack these salaries on top of each other. I think you get it. You can get it done. Uh. And Tam makes a good point, and I think this is on the uh, contract for Vanda. If we go back to Vanderbilt's contract, he is ineligible because of the extension. Uh, He cannot be traded this season. 
he is ineligible for six months with his past this season's trade deadline, which um, if you recall, if you guys recall um, that that was a similar thing we had with LeBron when LeBron signed his extension because of the timing of the extension, he won't be able to get traded at the deadline because it was, I forget what year it was, but people were saying, Hey, Lakers should trade LeBron. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Cam Reddish minutes. It's going to be a challenge with this extension. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of found it hard to get, you know, Cam Reddish some minutes anyway. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be tough for sure. It's going to be really, really, really tough to, to get Cam Reddish some minutes. Um, <laughs> Trey and AD lobs will hit different. Yeah, again, post-LeBron, sure. I am all for going with a Trey Young, Anthony Davis squad in the post-LeBron era. Um, So I, I, I just don't like... I just don't like a Trey Young, another heliocentric ball handler next to LeBron James. And now you're taking even more touches away from Anthony Davis and then Austin Reeves, things of that nature. Um, but in the long term, where you need like another star that showed that you can, um, that he can be the number one option on a team that went to the conference finals, sure. And then you still have. You have the best defender in, in, on the planet behind him. I don't see why not. Personally, long-term, obviously, right? Long-term. And I'm getting fried in the chat for that comment. Uh, and again, yeah, down the line for sure. Um, D'Lo plus Ruby plus Vando plus picks for a Kyrie trade at the deadline at the D'Lo. Hyundai Santa Fe versus to uh, – don't know why that's doing that. Are, are we doing the trade? Well, like I just mentioned, uh, Bando, we are not able to trade Bando this year. Bando's not eligible to be traded for this year because of the extension. Uh, Lando would be stupid trading uh, trading Trey. Not not necessarily. And it would have happened this year. Um, set up for Giannis. That's why it's four years. Yeah, that's another good point. It's funny to think that there are people calling for a Vanderbilt plus picks package to trade for Christian Wood, and now we got both of them, one for which is long term. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that is a uh, really, really good point. And, again, I, I personally am high on Bando. I think long term he is somebody that can, that can really pan out and do some things, especially if he, like I said, improves as a screen navigator. And if he improves as a three-point shooter, the Lakers will have another pound-for-pound top 15 or so contract in the NBA. Um, You already have Austin Reeves. If you get a guy, like I said, in Jared Vanderbilt, who is a potentially top 30 screen navigator, and then you say you're a 36% three-point shooter, that's that's a steal of a contract. You have bite-sized P.J. Tucker, but maybe potentially better because he's younger, more athletic. And if he's a top 30 screen navigator, then he's better than P.J. Tucker. So I, I'm I'm super, super stoked about this contract, if you can't tell. And he has been working with Phil Handy this summer as our guy Matt in the chat 
indicates. Uh, yeah, if Vando shoots 35% or over, it's over, literally. Like, if you can do that. Uh, the Lake Show. Uh, shout out to my guy. Uh, I believe we'll see Torian Prince in closing lineups. Again, most tick out of the role players other than Vincent due to his versatility. Thoughts on Prince of the rotation, Sean? Uh, let me put the comment back up so that we don't lose it for now. Um, thoughts on Prince in the rotation. Are you considering like Rui Hachimura a role player or who are you considering role players? Cause if you're considering Rui Vando, well, Vando is a role player, Max. And I guess, I guess Rui is a role player, but Rui, Max, Torian, um, Gabe, Christian Wood. Then my answer would probably be no, because I think, I think Christian Wood's going to get a ton of minutes. What I mean by a ton of minutes, I think Christian Wood's going to hit 20. I, I feel fairly confident about that. I think Christian Wood is going to be in like the 17 to 23. Okay. So outside of the starting lineup. Um, yeah, I think Christian Wood's going to get a ton of minutes. I think it depends on who's starting for you. If it's Rui or Vando, I have Vando starting. So I think Rui's going to get a bunch of minutes. He's going to get 20 to 25-ish minutes if he can. Um, I think uh, Torian might get more minutes than Max. Uh, He probably will get more minutes than Max. But Gabe Gabe is interesting. I think Gabe probably get more minutes. Torian Prince will get a bunch of minutes. You know, Torian will get a bunch of minutes. And then he also adds that uh, he wouldn't be surprised if Christian Wood starts 20 to 25 games, to be honest. He, he has Ruby starting. Well, if you have Ruby starting, then I think Torian Prince plays more than Torian Prince plays more than Mando because I just don't think you're fully maximizing Vanderbilt's potential if you're using him off the bench. Because think about it this way, right? If Jeremy Vanderbilt's second game of the year is coming off the bench against the Phoenix Suns, you have him come off the bench and guarding like you don't want a knobby or whatever, right? Like that's or some random better minimum role player instead of starting him in the starting five and having him play or guard like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, etc. And maybe you can make the argument that come playoff time, Bando's definitely going to be more matchup dependent where you're facing the Sacramento Kings, you're facing the Warriors, you're facing the Nuggets, and maybe Vando, if he doesn't improve on the screen navigation, maybe Vando doesn't play a ton of those series, right? But you face Dallas, you face Phoenix. I don't know why my camera went out or like wind blur, but you're facing Dallas, you're facing Phoenix, you're facing Minnesota, right? In a playoff series, you're facing Oklahoma City, right? In a playoff series, then, you know, Vando here, here's all the minutes that you can handle, literally, right? Here is, uh, you know, 20 minutes for you that um, you are 25 plus minutes even for you where you can go and guard the best perimeter isolation players in the planet. And that's where right now I think Vando's at his best at. And why I think the discourse about Jared Vanderbilt is so off in a way, because people view Vando as this either this top 10 defender or as this bad defender. It's I don't understand why it's this polarizing with, with Jared Vanderbilt. He's an elite isolation guy. So when people say, hey, look at the Mavericks game, yeah, it's no surprise why I did that against Dallas because Luka is a heavy isolation guy. 
So when you're facing the elite isolation players, that's a matchup for Vando. That's why Anthony Edwards really struggled against Jared Vanderbilt and why Vando did such a good job because Ant's a heavy ISO dude. Devin Booker, who Vando uh, did a great job at, at home in L.A. Uh, late in the year, is a heavy ISO dude. Luca, the heaviest ISO dude. Uh, and that's why Vando makes sense for those style matchups. So um, that's that. That, that's my thoughts there on Vando. And if you're having Vando come off the bench, I don't think you're maximizing him. Lakers have too many players, LOL. Good. That's a good problem. Last year, we had like four good players at the start of the year. Not even, I'm not even going to use the word good. We had four rotation players at the beginning of the year. Now we have at most 12 rotation players, at worst nine rotation players right now that could like contribute on a playoff team. So, uh, Sean, if Dennis was willing to sign the exact same contract as Gabe, who would you rather have? Exact same contract. Who would I rather have, Dennis or Gabe? I think I would rather have, I think I, Dennis, but not by, not my bunch, not by much. Um, the two biggest, not even the two biggest, the biggest weakness for Gabe Vincent is one of the best strengths for Dennis Schroeder. And especially if you're not a believer in the shot for Gabe Vincent. If you're more of a believer, uh, more of a believer that last regular season where he shot, I want to say 34% is more vindicative of who Gabe Vincent is as a player. Okay, then I would say probably just go Dennis because Gabe Vince's biggest weakness is he can't consistently like get to the rim and you can't do that. But Dennis Schroeder, he is a rim pressuring guard and, you know, Darvin Ham's scheme is the reason why you like Dennis so much because Dennis can get to the rim and the Lakers offense is heavily, uh, heavy drives off of driving kick motion where, you're attacking closeouts. You're getting into the teeth of the defense and kicking out and creating plays for yourself and for your teammates. And Gabe can do it, but Dennis is a much better driver and finisher at the rim. He had a bunch of clutch fourth quarters for us last year. Great full court defender that can kind of add a different element to your defense. He's also a better screen navigator than Gabe Vincent. But if Gabe Vince is shooting like 37, 38%, which I am semi-confident and cautiously optimistic that he can do that next season, then it's a lot closer. And I think you're you're pulling hairs trying to uh to, to think about that, right? So Dennis is proven. I, I think you could say Gabe's proven after last year's playoff run. Now, yeah, Dennis makes a ton of more mistakes on ball, too, right? And Dennis isn't a good three-point shooter either. But, like, that'll be the stretch with uh, with uh, Gabe Vincent and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, let's see what else we have here in the chat. I love this question. Can Christian Wood be a better rim protector than people might think with the Lakers system? Yes. First off, Christian Wood is a weak side rim protector. I'm super, super high on. I'll I'll have a video, hopefully out tomorrow, uh, talking about his fit defensively. But that's what I would go for. 
And I think because of Christian Wood's potential weak side help ability and being a weak side rim protector, we might see the Lakers get more versatile with their screen coverages, like hedging a little bit more. Maybe you switch a bit more because Christian Wood team shot, not our player shot, not 7% worse at the rim last season when Christian Wood was protecting the rim, uh, 7% worse than expected. And I'm high on potentially the fit of Christian Wood, Anthony Davis lineups defensively. He's a fine rebounder. Like I said, good weak side rim protector, potentially. Um, I think we would have saw a similar thing, similar thing if he went to Miami and play next to Bam. Um, so I'm super, super excited. And yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. And again, my camera. Uh, when a smart coach just use screens to overcome his ISO dominance? Yes. And that is exactly what we saw in the Golden State series where the Warriors kind of just said, uh, sorry, camera went out for a sec but uh yeah that's exactly what bando the problem was in the on the conference semis against against Golden state and then we saw the same thing kind of come back up against denver um if you use a ton of ball screen actions against vando then that becomes a problem but why the hedging and why the switching might help bando even is because now you don't even really have to necessarily fight through the screen as you might have to on a drop, you can't go under it or whatever, but like, as long as you're at the level, you're still on the same level as the ball handler, the, your the big is going to be at the level of the screen there with you because it's a hedge. So that's another way that it can really kind of help Bando out. And then if you switch, you're just switching it. So um, I'm super, super excited about some of the schemes we might see rolled out. And I'll talk about those as well in the future. Lake Show, Sean, now with the team mostly fully assembled, what is your prognos- uh, prognostication? I can't speak right now. On what record the Lakers finish at and what seeding the, uh, will they finish at in the West, in your opinion? Record, I think the over-under is 48.5 right now. I lean over. I don't feel too great about that. But I lean over, and then record-wise, I don't know, top four. Top four seed in the East, uh, West, excuse me. But top four seed, for sure. Splitting carries. Yeah, okay, my bad. Correcting me on uh, on what I said. I said pulling carries, apparently. I meant to say splitting hairs. Yes, Trevor is on vacation. He is on vacation. Christian Wood has the laziest and... Christian Wood has the laziest and bad reputation on defense, which is crazily wrong. Other fan bases will be shocked and cry on how did we get him. I hope you're right. Um, and if it doesn't really work out here in a system that, like I've talked about in the past, give Darvin Ham flack all you want. Darvin Ham did a really good job at kind of maximizing as much as he could the talent defensively of some of the guys he had. Like Lonnie Walker was a bottom five defender before he got here, and he at least in spurts was neutral. Um so I, I do I do like what we can see uh, from Christian Wood next year. And if it doesn't work, I'm not sure if it's ever going to work. Um, I do have to talk about, I suppose, Dwight Howard. And I have to talk about Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson got signed by the Cavs, I want to say yesterday. So he's back in Cleveland. And then Dwight Howard is going to get a workout, I want to say, with the Golden State Warriors on Monday, I believe. So. Congrats to Dwight. Hopefully he gets a spot there. 
Um, in the Warriors, speaking of Warriors, they got Usman Garuba on a two-way contract. I know the Lakers don't have any two-ways, but I was arguing that maybe you bring him in for the 14th roster spot if you miss on Christian Wood. So that's a steal for them. Um, I would still like to bring in Bismack Biombo. I think I bring in Bismack Biombo for the 15th roster spot as a non-guaranteed deal. I'm doing that, man. If it's non-guaranteed, you can cut him mid-season and you still have that roster spot open. You won't have to worry about too, too much uh, dead money on your books and you can still be a player in the buyout market. I am heavily considering that if I'm the Lakers and Bismack Biombo is still an option for you. I am heavily considering that. Um, Start Rui and Bando. Put D'Lo on the bench. No, I'm not there. I am not there at all right now. Uh, who would you try to retain next season, Sean? Wood, Reddish, or Hayes? Assuming they all ball out uh, next season, this season. Out of those three, Christian Wood. If I, if, I got, if I got my choice, I'm keeping Christian Wood. He's just the the most physically gifted player and the most talented player out of the out of that bunch. So I'm I'm excited to see Christian Wood in a Laker uniform next year, man. And then Bando, I think it's gonna have a ton of fun pair next to um pair next to uh Christian Wood. I think that fit's gonna be super, super enticing. And yeah, I, I'm I am excited for, for this upcoming season. All right. Is this 80s most important season like LeBron in 2012? No. Mm. I think 80s most important season was the championship year. You kind of forced your way out of New Orleans. If 80 sucks that year, the backlash is going to be crazy. So <laughs> I don't, I think 80 is perfectly fine. And Tam makes a really, really good point. Um, talking about the Warriors might be getting inspiration from our old 21, 22 old, uh, old star team. Yeah. That Warriors team swing a championship in 2012 with Chris Paul and the white Howard on it. Sheesh. Uh, mustache fire wood hard to replace. Makes sense. You got Hey, yo pause my man. Sheesh. <laughs> um, how would you pair wood and Bando when he is starting? Someone's minutes would need to get cut. No, you, you, I'm just saying like you can have them play on the floor uh, at similar times next to each other. That's what I'm saying. Like I had Bando starting, yes, but Bando for me right now is also playing nearly 20 minutes a night. And again, apologies if you're on the YouTube end. Bando is playing about 20 minutes a night. So you can get super, super creative uh, with the minutes. And, and that's going to be the biggest challenge for Darvin Ham this year, for sure. All right, last question for the night. If we had Caruso in Bando's place, how far would we go last year? All right, the Bando-Caruso discourse is very annoying right now on social media. But last season, you give us Alex Caruso instead of Ando, the Lakers are champions. Because there's your Jamal Murray stopper. There's your step stopper in air quotes. Um... I, I, I'm significantly less scared about Denver because we're throwing out Dennis and Austin on Jamal, which is fine. But 
in an ideal world, it should have been Vando, but Vando's not the screen navigator. So when you're facing a heavy ball screen centric Denver Nuggets offense, you don't have a really, really good uh, screen navigator, then you kind of screwed. But you put the best guard defender in the NBA last season and you have him on your team. Yeah, that team is winning an NBA championship. I don't feel too, too, like, I don't think that's controversial. And I'm not saying I don't want Bando either. I Please, I hope we don't misaggregate this. I love Bando. I, I hope that where he takes that leap and he turns this contract into one of the best contracts in the NBA. Uh, Robert says, we got a Drake and SZA single release yesterday and a Raw Wave album release yesterday. I'm happy as heck right now. Now for all the dogs, bring on the Lakers season. <coughs> um, yeah, fu- man, that Drake and SZA single was fire. Great song. Uh, what do you want most to see in the first preseason games? To see some continuity, or not, not even some continuity, but like get a sense of what the the, the schemes are going to be and if I'm kind of right on some stuff. See uh, Max Christie development, Jared Vanderbilt development, and see see the see the rookies honestly that's really it for me personally <laughs> uh last one this is a really good one i'm a personally call cwc dub because no way i'm calling him wood christian sounds weird and the full name is too long for me lmao there we go all right everybody Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in for this impromptu stream. Make sure you guys like and subscribe and turn on those post notification bells so you never miss a live stream. This is completely impromptu, so I appreciate you guys for hopping in and joining me. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.